Okay, sound check. Yep, I'm good to go. Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Good afternoon, everybody. My name's Joseph Hammond. I'm primary school music and computing specialist. On today's show, um, it's going to be a fairly chill one today. No guests. I'm going to be talking about Christmas performances or winter performances and um, filmmaking in schools. And we'll see where we go from there. Live from London. This is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. And fade out. Okay, everybody. Yes, so this is going to be my last show before um, before we take a Christmas break. I know, I know, I know. But, um... Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I, it said, oh, in, this, in the audio effects. I thought that was going to be an ah, oh, but it's this instead. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay wow that's the thing all right so today's topics i'm gonna talk a little bit about christmas shows or just productions school productions and shows in general and i also want to talk a bit about um filmmaking in schools and how that can be leveraged and used in productive uh ways um that inspire a love of learning um so yeah lots of people will have had christmas performances um whether you're primary or secondary or early years you'll probably have had some kind of um christmas performance um whether that be a christmas concert whether that be a um uh nativity play whether that be some kind well whatever whatever you did um i hope it went well i certainly hope it sounded better than this you uh might want to turn your volume down um just a bit for this bit coming up
Ah, that gets me every time. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I hope your Christmas or or your uh, end of year, whatever it is you uh, did, if you had a performance, I certainly hope it sounded better than that. Um, Yeah, I love I love musical fails. um, And uh, just if they're if they're done on purpose and and they're hilarious like that i i absolutely love them they make me laugh every time i've got a few up my sleeve and i often play them to my kids to say okay so what makes a good performance and they'll tell me and then i'll play examples of bad performances such as what i just played you um man if anybody joined if anybody started listening at that point while i was playing that and <laughs> yes that that out of context might have been a bit uh interesting anyway so christmas uh or, or just performances in general now if you're primary or your early years you might have done a nativity if you're a secondary school, you might have done a carol service. You might have done a concert. I know that my secondary school used to do both. We used to have a traditional carol service and we had a much more lighthearted Christmas concert. Um, and um, yeah, both. Now, my the music at my secondary school, thankfully, was, was uh, strong. And so um, we did have a lot of opportunities there and I got to showcase the things that I'm best at. And I know not every school has that, sadly, but um, but th- those that those that do that. Yeah, more, every secondary school should have some decent quality music. And it's certainly if you're primary, it's much more inconsistent like secondary schools have to teach music. And I know there's been news stories about some schools giving up regular music lessons and just having music workshops once a term or once a half term uh, due to budget cuts, which is really sad. But certainly if you're primary school, that's it's much more inconsistent. And um, my school, I'm primary, I'm a music specialist. My lots of schools have specialist music teachers, but that isn't always a guarantee of success. Um, it has to be music. Uh, music has to be appreciated and has to be supported by senior leaders, and it it isn't always. And of course, there are unfortunately some primary schools out there that just have no music whatsoever, um, and that is very very sad indeed but um every school will even if they don't have regular music most schools will try will try to put on a uh, play or a nativity or do something in um at christmas christmas time at this time of year um and depending on their age it might be a variety of things uh generally though if you have a school assembly performance at primary it might take the form of you have every child in the class have some lines to learn they'll stand up they'll say their lines it'll be um it'll be something about what they've learned that term it'll be about 
something that's that they've been doing in class and in a in a christmas show it might be telling a story so you might have lots of narrators you might also have costumes you might um have a variety of um yeah costumes um some songs in there as well um but what i wish happened more often and i guess i guess this is to do with the state of you know teachers having an overwhelming amount of workload in many places but i wish it could be the case where teachers could be much more passionate about um about performing and performances and putting on a show with their kids because all too often i see that the teachers well the uh, the people leading the class they feel like it's something that they have to do and they just want to get it done um and they want it very controlled and that's not going to get a good performance from your kids now lots of parents they don't they just really want to see their child perform um but it i would argue that it's really worth putting in that extra effort to get as good a performance as you can out of your kids whether that's a choir singing whether that's a play whether it's acting, whether it's dancing, whether it's singing, whatever your strength is as a teacher and whatever your strength is as, uh, or whatever your children's strength is, it's worth putting in that extra effort to get the best performance you possibly can from them. And I'd say it's, you know, it's, and it's not an easy thing to do, especially if you don't have any experience in, in drama or, um, or, or music or anything like that, that, that isn't easy. And, e and even then, even, you know, the best, the best teachers out there, sometimes if you've got a kid who really isn't into performing, it can be tough to get, um, to get them excited about performing or at least wanting to do a good performance. And this is where I think at, yeah, at, attitude is attitude is is key. And yes, there's lots of techniques for acting and lots of things um that that you can do, but it it, it for number one for, for thing comes first is attitude and i actually had um a song uh there was a song that we did in my own school's um winter shows that um our L oldest class had to do so our year four five and six class um and at first they didn't have a they they didn't like the song and they didn't have a good attitude about it at all and i spoke to them about having a good attitude and at first they reluctantly sung it but it then grew on them week after week until they pulled off a good performance and so that was that was really good progression to see that 
you just sometimes and i said this to the kids it might not be your favorite song it might not be your favorite thing to do but it can grow on you and it can uh and and if you if you just keep at it and just give it a few weeks then you might find that you start to get into it more and do you know what they might still find that they don't particularly like the song or they wouldn't choose to listen to it outside of school but song if if you if you got them singing songs that they choose to listen to then they might get overexcited and that might that might not come across as a good performance anyway so it's 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 about it's about that balance now if you're if you're acting as um or or well in any discipline especially if you're acting though um and i will cut i will come on to this a bit later getting a good performance out of your kids well especially if they're young kids like say let's say reception year one etc then it is possible it is definitely possible for young children to do good performances in um and you know you you've, you've seen that in tv shows and in films and things now child acting in that sense it's got a lot um there's a lot of shady stuff but also there's a lot of um kids who do thrive in in that um sector now um the way in which a lot of film directors get the best performances out of their kids is not by sort of telling them oh you need to make this face or you need to feel this emotion or you need to do this that doesn't work um if you want the most genuine performance from from a a, a child then it has to be almost play-based um and this is what some good examples are um uh sorry some good examples are um Carrie Guffey, who was the little boy from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Now, Steven Spielberg didn't sort of tell him to, oh, you're you're in a you're acting or you're in a film. I mean, he did a bit, but mostly it was play. Like Steven Spielberg and the other actors and the crew, they were playing with this young three-year-old boy. Um and so all of his scenes, and um, there's quite a, a famous um, legend. They called him on set one take carry because he managed to nail all of his scenes in one take. Now, this wasn't because he learned his lines and studied them and structured them and managed to uh, get them in his head and act them. He was three years old. He wasn't, he wasn't a uh, reader yet. Um, his his parents read him the lines that he needed uh, that he needed the few lines that he needed. But the way Spielberg filmed those scenes with um, with the little kid in was was playtime essentially. So um, you know 
like one of the first scenes where he's in bed and all the toys start moving around. Um, they Spielberg literally said, um, well, he was literally he was actually asleep in that scene, and then they woke him up with a uh, bump on the bottom of the bed and all the toys were moving. And Spielberg said, just go with it, just go with it. And that's how, that's how they got the performance out of him. And then, um, and then, so, and then at the very end, when, um, when he cries at the end, the way they got that out of him was, well, they didn't mean for this to happen, but um, Spielberg said to him, I want you to imagine that your friends have gone away and you'll never see them again. And he thought the little boy thought that that was really going to be the case. And um, and so he started crying. Oh, am I never going to see my friends again? Um, and they they got that on camera. It's, it's really interesting watching interviews with Kerry Guffey now, who's in his 40s and or 50s. I, I, I'm not I'm not sure that. Um, how, how's the, how's this for making you feel old? Macaulay Culkin, who played Kevin in Home Alone, is now 40. And he tweeted that, and it was really funny. Want to feel old? I'm 40. You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, my point is getting um, genuine acting from kids is often not a case of getting them to learn lines imagine a character and sort of pretend well it, it is acting is essentially pretend play but if they're so focused on learning their lines then or, or doing certain actions it can um if you want a less stiff performance get some play-based learning in there would be my biggest piece of advice um and make it make it an enjoyable experience um and this is where another good example um going back to actual uh, hollywood films is um when directors want children to genuinely laugh like the a, a good example is in stuart little um the kids, Jonathan Litnicki, who uh, was in Jerry Maguire as well, um, he, uh, at first they tried to have him just, okay, ready and laugh, but it wasn't genuine. So um, the director got out a fart machine and um, when it was time, um, he played the fart machine and got a genuine laugh out of the kid. So there's these, there's all these things that, that you can do, but it's often um, if if you're passionate about getting the best performance out of your kids, it's not as simple as um, it's not as simple as just telling them to learn their lines and then do this action. Um, it's got it's got to be much more. Yeah, you got You got to be creative with it, and that and performing arts is a creative subject anyway, um, and. Where was I? Yeah. Now, and playing also, I've written down here, I've made a few notes before I started the show, playing to your children's strengths. Now, your children um, will all have different things that they are good at. 
and different things that they struggle with. And when you're casting a show, try and play to their strengths. And it doesn't always mean sometimes there can be surprises. Doesn't or um the the big the child with the biggest personality is not always the best actor or the best actress. The loudest child in class, the most boisterous, or or sort of them um if they like playing performance, they might then get nervous and they might speak in a quiet voice and it might not work. On the other hand, children who are very quiet can really surprise you with an amazing performance when put on stage or in front of a camera. Um, so it can really, these things can really surprise you. Um, but the best singers don't always make the best actors. And the best actors don't always make the best singers. Um, and the best, um, the best dancers don't always make the best actors and singers etc so there are some that can do everything um and there are some that are specifically good at one thing um and that's even the case with professional actors now take uh some someone who is really good at everything is idris elba uh now idris can um He's a DJ and a musician, so he's used to being on stage and getting crowds going. He's also an amazing actor in front of the camera. So he's got multiple skills. Um, other than there are uh, there are those Hollywood um, people who there, there have been some singers, for example, that have tried their hand at acting and some have been genuinely good, um, but Others, they don't, they wouldn't feel comfortable sort of pretending to be someone they're not, which is what acting is. Um, I get, I guess, a good example of um, somebody who um, has a very specific set of skills, which he's very, very good at. Um, but then there's other things that he would get nervous at, and that's Tom Hardy. Now, Tom Hardy is, um, he does a bit of method acting. So he gets very into character and he's very intense on set. And that's how he, that's how he performs at his best. But he tried his hand at rap and wasn't very good at it. And he openly admits that. Um, and on, and he, he, op he admits um, that being, um in front of a camera is sort of much more his strength than being on stage um so there's there's different methods there's pe people have different strengths now as i mentioned method acting before for those that don't know method acting is um a technique in acting where you sort of never break character for a long time and perhaps the most famous person that does this is Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, he's got loads of amazing performances in his films. Um, but he's also an extremely private person. And he is very much um, on set. He never breaks character. Like if his character 
um, is in a wheelchair, he never gets out of his wheelchair, ever. If uh, when he played Abraham Lincoln in Lincoln, he had everyone address him as Mr. President. Now, that sounds a bit pretentious, but he said Abraham Lincoln was never comfortable being called Mr. President. And so he wanted to feel that way. Um, and but it's not the only um, it's not the only technique. And a good example of method acting that didn't work, Jared Leto as the Joker in Suicide Squad. Now, um, Jared Leto's behavior on set has been well documented where he would send the rest of his cast and crew dead rats and things because, unquote, that's what the Joker would do. Um, and it didn't pay off because Jared Leto became known as one of the worst performances of the Joker uh, ever put on screen, you know. Um, compare him to Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger's legendary performances as the Joker or Mark Hamill's um, voice uh, acting as the Joker. And, uh, and Jared Leto's is just awful. Um, is not very good at all. Um, on the other hand, you've got actors like Edward Norton or Anthony Hopkins, who both, um, they both, they don't do method acting. They're able to just be themselves on set and they can just turn on their character as soon as the cameras are rolling and action is uh, shouted. So different techniques, different people. And you've got to you've got to acknowledge that with your kids as well, because um, your kids will have different strengths. They'll have different techniques that work for them. They'll have different preferences, and so um, you you have to work with that. Have have the kids have some creative input with the play you're putting on or or the production. I always always get my children to come up with song actions. I don't come up with them myself unless I'm teaching them something specific like Makaton signs. I always get my kids to come up with the song actions. Mike, because that's, well, that's something that they can help with. And often they come up with better ideas than I ever could. I mean, my strength is um, playing instruments. Um, and so, yeah. When you're so when you're doing productions, those are some things to think about as to how to get the best performance out of your kids. And it takes it's not going to be an instant fix. Um, if if you're worried your kids aren't getting into it or giving it your all, or they're only doing it because they have to, think about what yeah, think about what their strengths are, and then. If um, I've lost my train of thought now, um, <laughs> and if 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 something isn't working, then um, it, it oh yeah, I remember what I was going to say. It takes time. All these things take time. You're not going if your class isn't into singing, then they're not going to suddenly be good singers within one lesson. It takes time to build these things up. They have to build their trust in you as a teacher. And then they have to build up their trust in the uh, in the 
that what they're doing is good, then they have to build up that confidence. And it, these things take time. It's not an instant fix. It never is. Um, but the amount of progress that I've seen with my students from having never sung in front of people before to now has been pretty extraordinary. Um, now, speaking of audiences, I also wanted to talk a bit about, um, yeah, adults having the right attitude. Now, kids, of course, they've got to have the right attitude, but so have the teachers. The te if, the, if the teachers are thinking, and putting on a production is stressful, don't get me wrong. There is, there's a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of technical things that you have to get right. There's a lot of, um, you have to get sound, it's sounding good. You have to make sure your technology's working. You have to make, you have to make sure you've got sets and costumes and all sorts of things. Um, and it's a tough thing to do. Um, it, it's not something that one person can accomplish by themselves. But if, you, especially if you're the director and you're the person in charge of getting a performance out of the kids, you've got to, you've got to be really into it yourself. You've got to be passionate about it, and you've got to really want to achieve it. And then, when it feels like I don't want to do this anymore. Um, if a rehearsal doesn't go quite right or something, yeah, whatever goes wrong, then you can pick yourself up and carry on. And if the kids see that you just want to get through it and that's it, then they're going to feel the same way. Whereas if you're really into it, they're much more likely to have that passion with you as well. And that is the biggest thing. I think that the teachers and adults in charge of productions need to do. And, you know, put it, putting on a production, as I say, is hard work for everybody. The children have to have a lot of patience. They have to, um, they have to learn lines. They have to, there's lots they have to think about. Um, and same with teachers, especially if you're a director, you have to think of everything. Um, and then if you're making costumes and props that are, and a part of the backstage crew, there's a lot to think about how you're going to make those things happen. Um, and if you're part of uh, whatever your part or whatever your role in the show is, um, it, isn't, it isn't an easy thing to do. Um, but, and that's why being passionate about it is um, so important because then you'll be able to work really hard on it and it won't feel, it, if, if you're not passionate about it and you really don't want to do it, it's going to feel like the worst thing in the world. But if you're, if you really want to do it, then there may be some stressful moments, but you know that you'll be doing it for an amazing reason and the outcomes at the end far outweigh the um, the things that could go wrong. Okay, um, I am going to take a quick ad break and then um, I'll talk a bit more 
next I'm going to talk a bit more about parents and um, audiences and what uh, I would suggest people do to make sure that they have the uh, most appreciative audience that they can when putting on school shows. Live. Oh, from... oh, oh, whoops. Not that one. Oops. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Colin's Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondlelettersandsounds.org.uk Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. Okay, so um, if you've just joined us, um, thank you. Uh, I, I've been talking about uh, Chris, oh, just production, school productions, concerts and shows, how you can get the best performances out of your kids, what we can learn from professional film, uh, you know, Hollywood films and um, other things in terms of how to get best performances out of children, and um, also how teachers can do to help. And now I wanted to talk a bit about how to um, audiences. Now, parents can sometimes. There's a lot of parents who really love their their children's performances and will be hugely supportive, and they're and they're brilliant, and they'll love what you do and what their kids do. But also, unfortunately, <clears throat> there are some parents out there that don't know how to behave during school performances, and it's a real shame because. And and I've I've seen I've seen people and I've heard people say this before. Oh, that's where that child gets it from, and things, uh, which is why it's so important that, especially during school performances, I'm talking specifically about school performances. Now, parents' behaviour is a topic that we can go on about for hours, but I'm talking specifically about being in the audience for um, concerts and performances. You've got to set ground rules for the parents because if you don't then they're gonna think that anything's okay like they're gonna think for example that if they're in a fair in a craft fair with their parent uh with their parents so the parents might think oh the teachers might be in charge are in charge of the children not us so you've got to make that very explicit but also if they're in the audience for a show you've got to make explicit things like phones off 
no uh no taking uh no taking photos of uh any children that aren't your own without permission no uploading uh photos of uh to social media of the classes without permission express permission um but also you unfortunately there have been cases where you know you've had to say we've had to say to the parents don't be noisy don't talk during the performance don't get up and walk in front of the teacher or in front of the children or in front of other audience members to get to to get a good photo of your child or get a, a get a better view you know unfortunately i've seen um i've seen a few examples of some parents being incredibly disrespectful during school performances. Um, there was one example where our year sixes did a um, production, uh, this was in a previous school I was in, our year sixes end of year production was Bugsy Malone. Now, um, the parents' behaviour was some of the worst I have ever seen in my entire life. It was, I was absolutely disgusted. They were on their phones. They were talking over the children while they were trying to perform. And it was very noticeable. You could hear the parents talking. They weren't even trying to whisper. I swear, I wanted to get up and I just wanted to shout, Will you shut up? to them. Of course, that would have been very unprofessional of me to do that, so I didn't. But what shocked me even more was afterwards, I did. I, I, I spoke to some of my colleagues at the time about it, and they said, yeah, that's just what our parents are like. And I was just thinking, are you, ki are you actually kidding me? What? So you're going to allow this behaviour from the parents? when we would never allow that from the children. Oh, uh, yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, it's just the way they are. And I was thinking, oh, that is not happening in my performances. And so I vowed to myself that I would never, ever um, let that happen in any of my performances ever. And, you know, I, oh, oh, but if you're setting rules, you're being passive aggressive. No, we're not. We're setting expectations. Um, and so I was really shocked by that. And so I, I put my foot down, even with my senior leadership at the time, who were a bit nervous about me doing that. But I did. Um, I put my foot down and I said, and I said, Okay, here's here's what's gonna here's what's gonna happen. I am going to um, I'm gonna put up and I'm uh, in on a PowerPoint slide before the concert. I'm gonna put up some rules and I'm gonna say to the parents, you need to have a read through of these before we start. And do you know what? I even said to the parents, we are not starting until you are silent. It's that simple. And it worked. When they knew that when they knew that I was being serious and that I wasn't going to tolerate um, any well disrespectful behavior from our audience, they understood. And 
thought after I did that, we had audience met. I had audience members who were very disrespectful in previous performances, and I had them, I had them come up to me afterwards, shake my hand, and say, "Well done, Joe. Well done, Mr. Hammond. Great job." Um, and I could see, and other teachers commented, they could see that that audience, uh, those particular parents, were actually, you know, genuinely clapping and really appreciative of the whole thing. So it's very much worth doing that. And I know that there's a lot of um, a lot of schools out there where perhaps music and live performances might not be the norm for those families or those children. Uh, Seema, Seema says, clap 100%. Thank you, Seema. Um, so they're, they're, I know when I had Jimmy Rotherham on um, uh, to the music teacher that was nominated for the Global Teach Prize, he said to, I, re I remember reading in some of his previous interviews that he'd, when he started at Feversham Primary and um, uh, his his school, which is has a highly uh, high population of children with English and additional language and those uh, that follow the Muslim religion, um, and they at first they only got like two parents show up to their concerts, but they kept at it and they built it up to the point where Feversham is now a top performing school in the country and is a key, um, one of the best primary schools for music in the country. Probably, uh, might even be the best primary school for music in the country. Um, so it's worth, it's worth sticking at these things. And it's definitely worth, um, as I say, don't be afraid to put parents in their place if you have to and it's obviously not all parents there are lots of parents out there that are hugely respectful and supportive and will be amazing audience members and will tell their kids how proud they are of them and will support them in their performing journey but also say to the teachers thank you and well done and uh just be hugely supportive of what um of what they do they might even offer to volunteer things um so but for those that perhaps and you know i can't i can't blame each parent entirely because there's a lot of parents that perhaps weren't brought up to respect live performances or they haven't had much experience of live performances so they need to they need to, it sounds really childish but they do sometimes need to be taught how to behave during live performances, they do need to be taught what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate. And so I wouldn't, don't be passive if, you know, you've got noisy parents during performances um, and don't, and, 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 and let them, let, let them know what the expectations are and let let them know that it's just respectful to do so now i have um right train of thoughts gone again um yeah so uh setting ground rules um and um yeah i wanted to give a few examples of sort of my own history with a few school productions and things because um 
why one of my first schools where I was a teaching assistant, um, we had a lot of very talented kids and a lot of teachers who are very passionate about it. And we did two whole school productions as well as some a couple of individual year group productions. So we had a very busy performing arts schedule. But the school productions, you wouldn't believe that they were primary school productions from the quality that uh, that we managed to put on. And obviously, not everyone can do that. In fact, personally, uh, in fact, I uh, some there were times when I thought, certainly in the first production we did, there are times where I thought, are we putting too much pressure on the kids? Um, and well, you know, I, I felt like other other adults might have been putting a bit too much pressure on the kids. But it's um, but the quality was really strong, and um, it uh, the second year I was there, we did a production of The Lion King involving about it was a three form entry primary school, and we had about one hundred and twenty kids in the show. We had a big chorus. We had four, four thirty or so main parts, um, and it was incredible. I mean, we had the Broadway, the Broadway licensed edition. So we had proper high quality orchestral live instrument backing tracks. Um, I know I don't often like backing tracks, but this one was really good. And we got great performances out of the kids. They acted well, they sung well. Um, the director was an amazing dance teacher, so there was loads of really, really good dancing. Um, and it was just super, super inspiring. And um, But even then, there was one time when uh, there was one of the parents, their child was in the chorus, and their child was enjoying being in the chorus, and the parent walked out. And they walked out because their child didn't have a bigger part. And, you know, it shouldn't be a competitive thing. And, okay, I un I understand sort of the anxiety of perhaps wanting your child to do, uh, to do the best they can. But if you just walk out because your child doesn't have a big enough part, how disrespectful is that? However, that being said, the last day we did it, we got a standing ovation from the families, parents, teachers, everybody. I that's I have never seen that before in any school ever have a standing ovation for a school production, but we did it. That's I mean just to be able to pull off a performance that moved people that much and that quality. Uh, uh, you know, and there's these were primary school kids. It is possible, and if you if you build up your performing arts enough, you get your kids encouraged, enthusiastic about it, and train them up, show them how to do it, show show them how to be the best they can be, and make it enjoyable. It can uh, you can get super super high quality stuff out of your children and the parents will appreciate that and sometimes actually although i ranted a bit about some of the parents behavior i've encountered in the past sometimes 
if you as the host, if you're a host as a teacher, if you are engaging to the parents, and if your kids engage them as an audience, then they're also going to be much more likely to sort of be respectful audience, listen, and then give genuinely uh, enthusiastic applause at the end, which is what happened with um, my current school. You know, my current school, some of the kids, um, not just our reception kids, because our school's only been open since 2019, for... Most of our kids, it was their first ever time performing in front of their parents, and for um, a lot of our a lot of our kids, it was their second time ever performing as a school in front of their parents. First time ever performing a play, second time ever singing a song, and so um, the, the and we had a super enthusiastic response, which was um, which was really great. Um, I, and I loved that. So it is possible to get a high standard and it's possible to get high quality if you're of the attitudes that you want your kids to be the best they can be as people, as performers, just generally, um, instead of let's just get through this. It's just about that slight change in attitude of everybody that will make a huge difference now um sometimes and i've seen this with one of my kids you can have outside performing arts schools like uh for a stagecoach as an example um now stagecoach as as far as i'm aware I've not had much experience with them, but I do have taught some kids that go that go to or have gone to stagecoach. There can be, it can be one of two things. It can be amazing for that child, or it can be a bit toxic. Um, what obviously there's this whole um, thing about having you know stage school and P, uh, stage school performers and people being pretentious instead of genuine. But with the right training, you can have. Um, you can get in really do wonders for that child's confidence and that child's um, abilities to come out of their shell and perform live. And I've seen that, that uh, there's one child at my school who last year would often refuse to take part in songs or anything that involved performing, who is now one of the best singers in the school. And I don't take all the credit for that because she started going to stagecoach and she really enjoys performing she just needed that help to come out of her shell so i can take a little bit of the credit for that but also stagecoach she had a good she has a good stagecoach she goes to and it's really done wonders for her confidence um now i mentioned earlier about playing two children's strengths and some people i mentioned earlier that there are some even professional actors who i i mentioned tom hardy earlier now tom hardy is um, obviously an amazing actor in front of the camera um but uh not so uh but on stage 
Um, and maybe, you know, he openly admitted that he sucked at rapping and he tried his hand at rapping. He openly admitted that he wasn't very good. And that's why his career didn't uh, go anywhere when he tried rapping. But he is very much a um, uh, behind the camera person. That's where he shines. Um, there are other actors who shine on stage. Um, now, this is where you might be able to get some, uh, if your children are shy about sort of being put on the spot and singing in front of others or acting in front of others, well, there are different ways that you might be able to get a good performance out of them. And one of, uh, one of those might be filmmaking. Um, I've talked about Dungeons & Dragons a lot on my show. I am very much a keen D&D player and uh, gamer. Um, and that might be a way through, you know, if you get your child telling stories by running Dungeons and Dragons games. But also, there's filmmaking. And there are actually, there's a whole um, ch uh, social enterprise. I th I, I'm not sure if they're a charity or a social enterprise. I can't remember. I think they're a social enterprise called Into Film. And they're brilliant. They've got some amazing resources around filmmaking and using film in a variety of different subjects. And there's loads of there's loads of great stuff on that website. I know personally, I've used film, I've used into films resources on soundtracks and film music with my kids i've shown them um i i've used um some of their examples of you know the beginning of sean the sheep the movie for example and studying the music from that and playing a clip without music and then showing it with music and what's the difference um fantasia is a great example um which is the Disney film with all the classical music. Um, there's all sorts of stuff on there for all sorts of subjects. Um, there, are, there, there is um, in that in that um, resource. They also included the uh, pink elephant scene from Dumbo, which I didn't show the kids because, uh, I mean, it's Disney. Uh, it's a certificate U, but. It, what is what is that scene about? Dumbo gets drunk and starts hallucinating pink elephants. Just think, just I will repeat that for you. Dumbo gets drunk and starts hallucinating pink elephants in a Disney film for small children. So I um I was like. Okay, it's not, you know, it, <laughs> okay, you could argue it's inappropriate, you could argue it isn't because it's done innocently, but I just thought, no, it's too weird. It's too weird for what we're doing. Um, I did show them, though, Jurassic Park. There's uh, the example of when uh, Timmy needs to jump down from the electric fence, but he's too late because uh, they, they turn on the electric fence. That scene from Jurassic Park is part of that. So, and there's all sorts of others that I know about because I'm a huge nerd. But um, there, it, but it's a great resource. And 
They've got all sorts of resources about filmmaking and running film clubs where you, uh, you know, watch, just watch films and analyze them, making, writing film reviews. So you study the professionals in action and you include it in your own things. And there's all sorts of ways in which you can, in which you can include it. I mean, a lot of schools have iPads now. So if you've got an iPad, you can make a film. Your iMovie is a free download. And uh, unless you've got an extremely old iPad um, and um, you can you can just film scenes and then put them together on iMovie or you can make stop motion by taking loads of photos and putting them together on iMovie um, as frames. Um, and there's and you can do an entire unit around it. Your children could make storyboards, um, which is what I, I had one of my classes do. Uh, during a technology lesson, I had them make storyboards and then I had them try out stop motion. I had them try out a couple of special effects apps. Um, and yeah, that I, and they they really enjoy doing that. And some, some of those who um, are shy in front of performing in front of people on stage went, uh, went for it when they were behind the camera, like, especially with the special effects app, you know, you had like, let's say a, 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 um, you're throwing a fireball out of your hands, um, or you're, 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 you're doing a, or you're doing a laser beam out of your hands, like in Dragon Ball Z or something. Um, then they, they, they were really going for it and they were properly screaming at the top of their voices, ah, fireball. Or um or something like that. Um, they they come out of their shell. I did one as a class together where we um this was really fun. I had um a wreck there. There was one special effect that you could do where you had a wrecking ball drop uh on top of um on top of something. And so I sort of uh I I had them filmed. They got into position. Then I counted down five, four, three two one run and they all jumped and screamed and ran i had the boulder drop uh and then i programmed the i made the boulder drop just as they escaped and that was great fun and you know they they loved studying oh look at that it nearly caught my foot i just got out of the way just in time and they they had a lot of fun with it um now um and when i've done that when i've sort of had yeah being being in front of a camera okay so some pe- some children might get extremely shy about that but then there are others right who who'd like to like do a silly dance in front of the camera and then they and then they do it and then who'd like to dress up as this and be a, a policeman in front of a camera or, or something like that you can do all sorts of things with it um and and yeah as i said it might help others who are not performers to come out of their shell a bit more and uh there's actually a oh yeah i i wanted to mention uh, i wanted to mention this so um pauline quark academy or pqa for short they're an outside drama club and uh filmmaking club that kids and teens can go to i i know a couple of kids who do go to pqa 
Um, in fact, one of them is a child actor who's been in the West, uh, who's been Matthew Ward, my second guest that I ever had. His middle child, Harrison, is a child actor uh, who's been on stage uh, in the West End and who um, has been an extra in a couple of films, has been in a couple of advert campaigns and stuff. And he goes to PQA. So, like, they train up really well. Anyway, they did a seminar at the Music and Drama Education Expo, which was really, really great. Um, and it was about how you can make films without a computer. And if you have um, the right model of camcorder, then it will just... And, and then you plug it into a projector via an HDMI cable, then it will just play each clip one after another and that uh, so we were given scripts and we were given parts and then we uh and then we acted them out and the results were absolutely hilarious and it was probably the most fun i've ever had at that expo um but yeah it was it was so funny um but it's just the kind of fun that you can have and that, then that then becomes inspiring for um for your children if you do things like that and hey even um voice acting for video games like let's say your kid has made an amazing game on scratch or um any of the other coding platforms um uh, even if they're older and more advanced even unity or something like that let's say um that that might be a way of coming out of their shell if they do voice acting for you know something that's animation or something that's a video game that might be a way in um now the last thing i wanted to mention about this was um there's this child uh there's this uh kid who i follow on youtube his name's caleb hayes um known as caleb h drummer on youtube and I'm not joking when I say he's one of the best drummers that I've ever seen, period. He is seven years old. And by when he was four years old, he could play Toxicity by System of a Down. When he was five years old, he could play several Slipknot songs and Enter Sandman, Metallica. When he was six years old, he could play a Dream Theater song um, he could play Rush, uh, so Tom Sawyer by Rush, and now now he's seven, and yeah, he's just ridiculously good at the drums. Not just for his age, but he's better than so many adult drummers out there. And I think we're witnessing the birth of perhaps possibly one of the greatest drummers who ever lived. Anyway, he was recent. He and his sister Isabella were recently on um, a show on CITV called Mini Movies, um, which where they give tips about films uh, and filmmaking, how to make costumes, lighting, um, <coughs> how to make special effects and things. Um, they also um, had a thing where kids could send in their own home videos um, and then the special effects team um, would make them into full films. And Caleb and his sister Isabella actually got on the show and did it. And 
his Caleb's mum, Kim, describes him as actually quite a shy person. But if he's on the drum kit, then he is super confident. And but if you uh, uh, talking to him, sometimes you know when when he was younger, he would just say one or two words. He's much more confident now. Um, I'm not sure he would. Uh, I, I well, I'd I'd have to ask his mum if he would feel confident acting on stage. The answer would probably be no. But seeing him on mini movies, he was really confident in front of the camera. So that just proves my point about earlier when I said. Kids have different strengths and different things they feel confident with, different things they don't feel confident with. And it's about playing to their strengths. Right, I'm going to play the news, the uh, adverts and uh, the technology tips. And then we'll finish with a few songs, as always. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. should be talked about more often to remove stigma, the Council for Curriculum, Examinations and Assessment in Northern Ireland has found. A three-year pilot scheme to provide free period products in school has been set up by the Department for Education. Prior to the new department scheme, charity organisations such as the Red Box Project provided products to individual schools. According to the CCEA, many issues relating to period dignity have been exacerbated by lockdowns particularly the issue of period poverty. More than 25% of pupils who responded to a survey said they had difficulty getting period products, and over 50% of respondents also said they were embarrassed when buying products. It is this statistic that has led to the suggestion that periods should be talked about more openly to reduce the stigma. According to a report in The Independent, the former top Department of Education civil servant received a payout of nearly £278,000 to leave his post following the August 2020 exam process. Jonathan Slater was removed as Permanent Secretary with only months left in his £165,000 a year role 
after, according to the paper, Boris Johnson demanded fresh leadership. Now official documents have revealed he received the £270,000 payout for a loss of office. In August 2020, the DfE had come under fire for its system for working out exam grades, which initially relied on a now infamous algorithm, after exams were cancelled due to the pandemic. A lack of up-to-date textbooks is forcing teachers to source their own materials, according to reports from Africa Education Watch in Ghana. Two years after the introduction of a new curriculum, teachers are struggling to effectively implement it due to a lack of resources. Ghanaian Education Minister Dr Adwutwam admitted that the lack of textbooks was an issue, but assured Parliament that the problem was being dealt with. Africa Education Watch pointed out that those in charge of curriculum change should have waited for everything to be put in place before launching the new curriculum. In the meantime, teachers will continue to source their own materials whilst the situation is resolved. Finally, the local government website reports that school leaders are welcoming the government's confirmation of £4 billion worth of funding, but highlight that it falls well short of what is needed to make up for past cuts. The funding is due next year and includes an extra £1 billion for pupils with SEND. The funding can be used to meet a wide range of operational costs. Jeff Barton from the Askell Union stated that funding was welcome and described it as a shot in the arm, but stated that the current government has presided over cuts to education which are without precedent in post-war UK history. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. This week we're going to look at one of the simplest, freely available, yet least used browser technologies, the Reader View. Chrome versus Edge, let the battle commence! On screen one, I have Microsoft Edge, weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. On screen two, I have Google Chrome, also weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. Round one, opening Reader View. On the Edge browser, the immersive reader feature is built in and can be activated by a button on the address bar, by typing read followed by a colon in front of a URL, and also you can simply press F9. Before you can open Reader View in Chrome, you have to install it as an extension. It's free and not difficult. Once installed, you'll find it in extensions located to the right of the address bar. One point to immersive reader. Round two, features. Both come out fighting with the read aloud feature that allows the user to adjust the read speed, skip forward and back, and change the voice that is reading. They both also highlight the word being read. Chrome Reader has a volume control, which is a nice touch if not using headphones. One point, Chrome Reader. Round three, readability. A big feature for reader views is the ability to change the formatting to suit the user. Both allow easy changing of font size, font and text width on the screen, but they differ in background colour features. Here is where Immersive Reader offers quite a bit more. Chrome Reader offers eight background slash contrast colours, four light and four dark. Immersive Reader provides 23 background options, green, pink, yellow and blue included, allowing pupils with visual needs to find a comfortable colour. One point, Immersive Reader. Round four, editing. Chrome Reader features a design mode. This allows you to highlight text and make changes. Quite useful if wanting to pick out key points to return to. Immersive Reader does not have this feature. One point Chrome Reader. Round five, extra features. Immersive Reader has a grammar feature, allowing words to be split into syllables. You can highlight nouns, verbs, adjectives and adverbs by flicking switches. This feature is not offered on Chrome Reader. One point Immersive Reader. Immersive Reader also offers reading preferences, featuring line focus of five, three or one line, blocking out the rest of the page. 
There's a picture dictionary, allowing some words to change the pointer to a magic wand that reveals a picture depicting it. Also, there's a translation feature allowing partial or full translation of a page into 88 different languages at the click of a button. Chrome Reader does not offer these features, however, other free products such as Google Translate could be used. Immersive Reader takes the point because you don't need to leave the page. Final score! Winning with four points to two after a blistering final round is Microsoft Immersive Reader, but let's face it, most people don't know these things exist. If you were one of them, please do something about it. See if these features are installed in your school, and if not, request they are. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Right then, okay, so um, time for a few songs. Now, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to uh, talk, I, I'm just, I thought for the last, um, for the last show before Christmas, I thought I'd just play a couple of um, Christmas songs on the, um, on the old guitar. And let's uh, let's uh, see how this goes. If anyone listening live has any requests, uh, let me know, and I'll let you know if I can. Can you hear the guitar? By the way, those listening live. Okay then, so what we're gonna do, I'm gonna turn to yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh right, like while I'm doing this, I'm gonna talk a bit about tuning actually. If you're a music teacher and you um And you have um, and you have to tune. Then um, yeah, if you've got older kids, I suppose you can teach them to tune their instruments, but um, but um, if you've got younger kids, then you got to be explicit with them not to touch the pegs. And um, I mean, personally, I have perfect pitch, so I can just tune it very quickly. Um, if you're listening live or you've downloaded this, then I'd like to know if you do any string instrument stuff, how do you manage tuning the instruments? I always just, <laughs> and I've had, I've been lucky recently, I've had teaching assistants that know how to tune their instruments the tune the instrument so i can say go to both of us um but yeah um so let's start with um the song that we finished on for um for the uh winter show that we just did which was Say 
snow is listing A beautiful sight, we're happy to die Walking in a winter wonderland God aware is a new man It's a new man He sings a love song while we stroll along Walking in a winter wonderland In the meadow we can build a snowman And pretend that he is Parson Brown He'll say I am married, we'll say no man finished with that um with when we uh did um when we did our uh christmas show so yeah any any requests then please let me know um i'm gonna uh sing this this one is, this next one is a great one for um but a couple of other more advanced chords um but Actually, let's do, let's do, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do this. So there's a couple of advanced chords that you, uh, well, they're sort of the second level up. So when you learn ukulele, you learn C, A minor, F and G first. And then this one has C7 and D as well. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. So you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. I'm going to stop there because I've got a caller. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, just for now, um, I sent this, I sent the caller some, uh, an invite. So let's see if, uh, this person accepts it. Um, if, uh, but until then I will carry on playing songs. Um, so we've also got, um, right. Another, another Christmas song. Um, 
That's the sky threat. or metal versions of Christmas songs. Can't, can't beat them. Right. Um, next up, I'm going to do... Um, <laughs> yes, love the rock version. I, 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 can, I can do other rock versions. Um, for example... Actually, let's, let's start. Because there, there is a... I don't know if anyone from the UK remembers Dick and Dom and the Bungalow. It's one of the best children's shows ever made. And one of the things they used to do is they used to do... They used to have a band on, which is the guy that wrote uh, the music for some of the uh, some of the songs for the show, and they always used to um, they always used to what's it? Yeah, uh, when they did, they'd start off with um, just a chill song. And then they'd make it into a metal version. They did that with Fireman Sam, Postman Pat, Teletubbies, uh, Scooby-Doo. It was hilarious. Well worth looking up. Anyway, I'm going to do it with a Christmas song now. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells. Actually, I'm going to take this off the key. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. 
version of jingle bells there or, or more more pop pop punk version i'd say um <laughs> all right one more i think and then um i'm gonna finish a little bit um early today because um otherwise i'm just killing time um unless people want more afterwards of course um so one more song let's see what would what would be good as a uh, sort of uh rock uh well clean and then into rock version i wonder uh let me think hmm not sure really um just think off the top of my head uh let's do let's oh yeah oh yeah i oh, know i've i've got it there's this this ought to be a laugh Silent night, holy night. All is calm, is bright. Round your virgin mother and child, holy infants of tender and Sleep in sorry to anybody who loves that carol is a beautiful song and i'm so sorry to anybody who uses that in their carol service <laughs> i am so sorry but i couldn't resist um anyway <laughs> yeah exactly see her exactly um right well i am going to finish there um, so Teachers Talk Radio is taking a Christmas hiatus from the, I believe, the 23rd. So this is going to be my last show of 2021. Um, so it just remains for me to say Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a great winter. Have a great new year. I hope... Um, I, I can only hope that um, the COVID situation doesn't spiral out of control. Um, but um, if it does, then 
prepare, you know, for the worst, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. I'd say that's my biggest advice. Um, and, but yeah, um, whatever the situation is come next Saturday and the new year, I hope you're able to do everything you can to make it a good one. Um, and I will see you all. I will uh, be back in January with more guests, more music and more awesome stuff. So it remains for me to say goodbye and see you in 2022. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.